Oh yeah, we're back everybody Another week Oh, we missed a week, actually Because of this new schedule But we're back with weird news Stories It's Genius Parade Right here on Afterthought Media Lori, did you hear the story About the boy sounds different Talking to his love Lori Did you hear the story How the angels love it From high above They love to appreciate gay love Cause gay love is the best love It's better than all the loves Especially lesbians, yeah. You'll hear the story, how it's wrong to be a lesbian. Oh, yeah. Lori, did you hear the story, how I used to be a thespian? Not anymore. That means I used to act in my local high school plays it was all the straight girls and especially all the gays yeah Laurie I gotta tell you something I'm in love with a boy his name is Aiden Dean he lives out there in the Pacific Northwest and he is the heart and soul of every the reason I breathe Laurie also the reason I breathe is that uh I have an artificial heart because I'm so unhealthy. Ah, Lori, did you hear the story? How you screwed me over to help Rob. Lori, did you hear the story? Yeah. How I don't have a ride to ride with Rob. Uh-huh. This is the end of the song. Yeah, genius parade. Uh, just FYI, the person that was uh, Aiden's no longer on the G chat, so I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, well, he said he couldn't hear anything. Uh, yeah. He'll 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 hear this show eventually. Don't worry. He'll get to it. He'll, he'll get it to it. Yeah. He'll figure it out. Anyway, Laurie, episode three, I believe, of Genius Parade. It, it for the interest of full disclosure, full disclosure here. Lori and I actually did record an episode last week for Genius Parade. We recorded it right after I went to my grandparents' cemetery, and Lo- the first thing Lori did was challenge me about my cousin. So I called my lesbian cousin. Well, because you and had that, said, mm-hmm. let's do the facts, okay? Yeah, sure. And they're going to listen to it, too. But you had Oh, no, only... We'll talk about who's going to hear that episode, yeah? You had said that she told you specifically yeah. that she's no longer a, a Patreon supporter, but that... And you were like, well, you're family, mm-hmm. so I'll send you episodes of stuff. What yeah. episodes do you want? And she said, anything that involves Lori Roggenkamp. Yes, that's I true. I love Lori Roggenkamp. Uh-huh. And I thought, my girlfriend doesn't even feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Sure. You are being you are being hyperbolic. Yeah. And you were like, okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Keep holding. Sure. All right. And hold. And yeah. then hold some more. Yeah. And then keep holding. So and I then did. Just keep doing it. And then, mm-hmm. okay, now hold. Okay, wait. Nope. Nope. Keep holding. Yeah, you're okay, telling now, the truth so far. Uh huh. 
Okay. And then we're still holding. Yeah. All right. And continue holding. Okay. Right. And then now we're going to, and then nope, nope. I feel holding. that this bit's never going to end, but okay. I'm, I'm here for it. Keep going. And then, bring, 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 bring. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we got your cousin who was very lovely. Oh, yeah. yeah you, you, you don't tell me twice because this Lori. So I just go, hey, cousin, did you say this? She goes, yeah, I did. Okay. I want to hang up. This Lori had me stay on the on the call so much longer. I did she was not. Asking all these questions. You like, oh. asking the questions. She was like, oh, and what brand of tuna do you like? And I was like, this is, why would you ask that what a weird well, question everybody knows whatever brand of tuna a lesbian likes that's what her vagina smells like yeah so so um Brett, it was you an know, example mine smells like the sea well that's what's funny that you say that because and I, I don't know where this comes from you know i really don't because i i have you know i actively spend my most of my life trying to avoid vaginas and um so i guess my question is is like but I love the smell of the sea. Do they actually have that briny, salty smell to them, Lori? Uh, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's almost—it's mostly like it's more of like a vinegar smell. Oh, interesting, interesting, very interesting. But um, but anyway, so yeah, and and also, I would like to point out yeah. that um, he uh. That Joe is a, is the type of person where he you do not like you get very uncomfortable with compliments, and I have stated before that I'm I'm similar to you and that I get uncomfortable in situations where I am given compliments. So what is the first thing he does is call somebody who just wants to shower me with compliments, mm-hmm. and then Joe's like, "Well, what do you think of that, huh? What do you think of that?" And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Ah." Already, I wasn't in a good headspace. So. But, but I want to know, because, you know, when I went to go edit the show, it is one of the reasons we can't release the show. I never said it, you couldn't release the show. Well, no, no. I haven't finished my thought here. Is okay. is is everything okay at your aunt's house? Is there, like, a plumbing issue or something? Because from your track, uh, around the time my cousin started complimenting, there was a dripping sound. Like, there was, like, a leaky faucet or pipe. I uh, think my aunt was taking a shower. Oh, is that what it, I heard? Like, it's yeah. just like a dripping, wet sound. Like, it was right there. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, there wasn't a, there wasn't a dripping sound. My basement was not flooded. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I found out about Virgil, which was nice. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, did. so anyway, this episode, there are people, and this is a good way to tell them, too. Even though I've unpublished the Fat Camp tier, okay, uh huh, there are a, a few people, not many, who are still in the Fat Camp tier, still paying the dough, and I feel badly, you know, because now Fat Camp is an exclusive tier show. They're paying extra money for no reason, so I'm going to release that show to them for this month. That that's that's what you get. You get that episode. Oh, well, that's nice of you. Uh, yeah, it's a sort of bonus until everybody leaves. Um, I think that's nice. Thank you. I, I think that's good. Yeah, because they paid for it and they, they can't take it back. Uh, well, well, how have you been? How's your How's your day going? My day is going okay. I'll be honest with you, and this might be more of a fat camp thing. Mm-hmm. Is 
maybe I'll save this for Fat Camp. I'll save it for well, Fat Camp. I will say you brought did bring up a good point because I kind of was feeling this earlier where, you know, you were like, uh, I, I forgot who you talked to who said we should do a, a show where we catch up. Yeah, and I was like, I pretty much think every show we're on. We do no, but that was that was Jay Ellis's point. Jay Ellis's point was. That's the part everybody likes anyway. Just have a show that's what you do. No, I do know what we're supposed to talk about. You, do, you don't remember what we're supposed to talk about today? No. Oh, my gosh. Lori, it's your idea. Um, Hold on. My microphone, my headphones keep coming out. Okay. Um, It's so funny. So I did this thing before we get to the topic for today where I um bought these like schmancy like wire keeper together things. I don't know what you'd call it, right? Because my headphone, my microphone wire and my headphone wire are very long, right? Yeah. And so I have, there's so much extra that I trip over it. I thought it breaks, you know, I'm tripping over the wire, pulling it out and stuff like that, right? So yeah. I, 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 you know, I put it all together. I put the wire around it so it keeps it together. And now, and this is actually even more of a topic for Fat Camp. I'm sitting in the recliner of death mm-hmm. and the, those bundled up wires get caught in my, in my uh, the, the the area between my stomach and the couch, and then I move the microphone and it, they pull out. Anyway, that's what everyone wants that's to hear. That's what she said. <laughs> anyway, Lori, you brought this topic up the other day. You wanted to have a conversation about our experience with bullying. That's right. Mm-hmm. And as I told, I'll say this now, and I'll say it again here for the show. Is I don't have many stories like that, and my fear ultimately is perhaps I was the bully. Well, that's why I forgot to bring that up when we were talking, is that I think that, looking back on my life, I think that more often than not, I was the bully. And that, that would be interesting to examine those cases where we think we were the bullies. Yeah. You know? Because I think for me, mm-hmm. it came from a place of fear of the other person getting to hurting me first. So what I would usually do is I would just like, if I felt like things were going that way, I would just start unleashing on that person. And yeah. I would just like, you know, fuck you, you loser. So. so so what was your experience with bullying? Uh, there was a girl, the only like serious experience I've ever had was there was a girl, I think her name was Rose. And I went to a junior high high school that was a magnet school, which is, is a public school, but you have to take a test to get in. So it's not private, Okay. but you just, they only pick certain people. And they chose Uh, you? Well, at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, they had this thing that it was, you, you, it was, I was the first full graduating class of this high school, junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. And you had to take a test and you only had to get like a D you only get like a, like a 60%. And then they, you put, you were put in a raffle and then mm-hmm. you were, and then you were picked. And if you, if your sibling was picked, then whoever, whoever was the, the sibling automatically got in. They ended that when I was in 10th grade, mm-hmm. but that's how I got in. Cause my brother was picked and I, Oh, okay. So um, there was so the reason I'm saying this is that there was a GPA requirement every every semester you had to have a GPA of a certain amount. If you didn't have that, then the next semester you were put on probation, and if you didn't pass it, then then you were kicked out of the school. Mm-hmm. So like every other semester, I was on probation. 
Um, and there was another girl in the school who was, uh, who was on probation and she was like a super uber bitch. She mm-hmm. was like really mean and she would always call me fat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I was just like, I don't understand. And she was one of those girls who like, you would be, if you were like staring in her general vicinity, she would walk up to you and be like, what the fuck are you looking at? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, I wasn't even looking at Was you. she a chola? Yeah. Okay. So she got kicked out. Oh, she did. Um, yeah, because she she didn't she ended up not uh, passing her classes. Shocking. And uh, so, she, but she would come back because she had friends at the school, and she would oh, come okay. back, and I would see her sometimes after school, and she would still be like a bitch. Mm-hmm. So one time, I had heard people talking about her situation at home where her parents had recently divorced Mm -hmm. and they were saying like, Oh, she's really down because she thinks that her, uh, and I think I've told this story before, but she thinks that her parents, she's the reason her parents got divorced. Uh And so, uh, I was, I was walking like through the quad and I see her and she starts like, flipping me off and just being basically being like get the fuck away from me you know and i was like i'm not even but, near you but hold like, on for a second would... so she, unprovoked she would do this stuff to you yeah she oh. would just like tell me to go away and i would be like i'm not i'm not i don't want to be around you like which it's is like, such it, it's it's so funny i hate to say this it's such the it's such that's the, the 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 typical response of a person who's bullied is to always be like what I do, you know, like, well, I'm just standing here, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And if there's a response I, that will, that will, I guess if you, I, I mean, I wonder if you, I wish she was like, you could look at a videotape of my life and like, mm-hmm. it was like I was following her around and everybody's yeah. just like, what the hell are you doing? So, um, so anyway, so, uh, so I was like, she's like, nobody likes you, blah, blah, blah. Oh and gosh. I walked up to her and I said, Hey, just so you know, like, you're, you're right. You are the reason your parents got a divorce. <laughs> and I just walked away and like, she got really mad at me and she was like crying and all this stuff. And I felt like really happy for like two seconds mm-hmm. and then immediately felt like shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I should. And to this day, I still like, I still get upset about it. Cause yeah. I'm just like, Oh, that was just a bad, mm-hmm. you know, he's just, you go like, that was not a good, that was not a good look on me. Yeah. So, yeah. But were there cases cuz you but this is a story of of vindication against your bully, right? I mean, that was the close but that was the closest I've ever been to being bullied. Okay. I would honestly I would say the most I've been bullied is by my parents. My mom used to pick on me a lot when I was younger and she'd be like, mm-hmm. "Well, I'm just toughening you up because when you get to high school, there's going to be a lot of bullies there." Don't you and think so that's really like, sad? What? Don't you think it's a really sad statement you just made? That the biggest bullies in your life are your parents? No, I mean, that's what I'm saying is that, like, so I was always deathly afraid that there would be a bully and that that would be meaner than my mom. And so I was, I was like, that's why I'm saying, like, I think now looking back, anytime there was remotely a bully mm-hmm. around, like, I felt like I was getting a, a bullied, I would just immediately react with anger or I would start making fun of myself. And then that's when that's what happened towards the end of high school is I started being more like self-deprecating. Um, and then, uh, and then, I went, and then I got sent to the, to the vice principal's office for being too mean to myself. Wait, what? Yeah. 
I got sent to the vice principal's office because the teacher said that I, uh, she, she she was upset that she kept asking me to stop making fun of myself and I wouldn't do it. Lori's a bully. Oh, who's she bullying? Yeah. Herself. Her, Lori. Yeah. She's, she's a real C word to herself. Yeah. So I, I, there's a lot to unpack here. Okay. So I, I would say the toughest periods for people's lives are junior high and high school. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that yeah. for the most part, that's yeah. what I think that's what shapes your lives the most. Yeah. And uh, what was your junior high experience? Like, were you bullied in junior high? That's more, excuse me, that's more of when I was bullied. But okay. I also went to a really small school. So I think that had a, a lot to do with mm -hmm. the bullying because, mm -hmm. um, you know, after a while, you sort of get to know everybody. And then yeah. it's, it's like hard to. I mean, I guess it's not, I, I'm sure people were bullied in small schools, but I just found it very uncomfortable because it was like, you know, you knew their brothers, you knew, the, you know, so it was just like, uh, I no, don't you're, be bullied. Yeah, it, it, it's, I, I, I've um, heard Father Boyle from Homeboy Anderson talk about this and I, I can't get the quote right and I feel like I, I can't get the quote right. It's something along the lines of, it's impossible to hate someone that you get to know. Or I, I'm not getting it right. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, as you get to know them and become better, it's hard to hate them. Even yeah. though that's... I agree. I don't know if I agree because I know you pretty well and I have a deep-seated hatred for you. I think you're just afraid at how much you love me. That's what I think it is. Mm. I I mean, I agree. and And I think that that really kind of shaped how I view things later on because I find myself a lot of times trying to see things from other people's point of view because like, I would be like, like there was this girl, Ruth at my school who, Ruth. who, uh, she like, she was annoying at times, but then you like see the flip side and you're like, Oh, she's like, her mom is super uptight about stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, she is, you know, like she's her family's very religious and she mm -hmm. doesn't really, you know, so it's like you kind of see like what she's struggling with uh -huh. on the flip side. So, yeah, that's always something that, you know, um, so my experience has been or was, um, so I went to a, my experience with bullying is this. When I grew up, I went to a small and from first to sixth grade, I went to a small, uh, Catholic school in East Los Angeles, right? With a bunch of Mexican kids. Okay. Uh, I'm just giving the history of Joe Batanz right now because it, it's going to take a while to get to the bullying part. But, um, I was the super popular kid up until about, fourth or fifth grade okay mm -hmm. and i was never no i think i was actually still i just i just dropped a tier instead of being like top tier or second tier right but i but the, the thing that was very awkward to me and i didn't understand and, and it's still I, i'm very curious about it to this day is uh starting in fourth grade actually but definitely in fifth and sixth grade the kids were highly sexualized. Like, they were very sexual. I don't mean necessarily, like, um, 
having sex with each other. I, but, but a lot of like very, very overtly sexual jokes among the boys. Yeah. Like where they would pretend to give each other blowjobs, you know, and they're like fifth grade, you know, and maybe this is typical, you know, but there was a, um, I haven't read it yet, but there was a book. I can't think of a book that this comedian recommended that talked about that kind of stuff. And she said that, and I thought it was interesting because she said like, it's the sexualization of teenager kids is a lot more prevalent in lower income and yeah. uh, people of color. Interesting. That's area. what I was going to say. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because and so, yeah. And it's basically because it's like, you're sort of taught, like, this is what you have to offer. Interesting. Sort of That's very interesting because I have a question. They were all Mexican. Everybody in there was Mexican in the school and by fifth grade, like they were wearing like tight pants and showing their bulges, their little fifth grade bulges and like pretend to blow each other and talk about banging chicks and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And as a little gay boy, I was very, very uncomfortable with that conversation. You know, well, yeah. what happened is right at the end of sixth grade, well, in the middle of sixth grade, my parents moved to where we live now. And, um, and at the end of the sixth grade, they pulled me out and they put me in a school in, a private Catholic school in Brea, which is the next city over in Orange County, California. And it was such, it's so funny because, you know, I just adapted. I was, you know, 12 or 13, but it was such a culture shock yeah. for me to go from everybody Mexican to everybody is white. A, I was yeah. very lucky because my best friend, this is also how it happened, is my best friend at the old school. He, um, his parents also moved. They had moved to Brea and they, in a weird twist of fate, my mom had grown up with his parents. And so because they were friendly, she, we all moved to the same school. So I went to the same school in Orange County as my friend, Adam De La Pena, and we transferred together. So that made the transition a little easier. Oh, okay. And, but it was weird to go to this new school where... It was, and this goes speaking to what you said, where now it's all white kids. And it was not sexualized at all. They were normal kids, you yeah. know? Um, and that was very strange. So, anyway, the bullying part is for some reason. Oh, I know what it was. Again, this is the sixth grade. The sixth grade. They're such babies. I went to an end of the year party at that school. My mom was like, yeah, just go ahead. You know, you're leaving. And I went to this end of the year party and kids were like fucking hooking up in the yard. And then like someone spiked the punch, you know, Jesus. Yeah. And so my mom, where were the parents? That's that's exactly what happens. My mom shows up. I don't know how my mom figured out that the, the punch was spiked. I don't know how she figured it out. Maybe, maybe I told her. It? No, maybe I told her. Maybe I was like, oh, the or punch maybe was spiked. she just saw like a bunch of drunks, sixth graders. And I don't like, know. Oh, I don't remember. On. So my mom fucking called the mom and like chewed her out, you know? And, uh, so whatever. So then like the next year I went back for whatever reason to that school. I don't know to visit or that would be weird for me to go visit, but I went back there in East LA and this one bully at that school and have a, have a closer for that story. I was, I was, I, I think I was there for paperwork. I don't think I was there to visit because I remember. Specifically, I have a very, very specific memory of trying to actually hide and not see these kids, 
right? So I don't remember why we were there. But this one bully named Fernie, Fernie Olivos, right? Uh-huh. Was sitting with a bunch of the other boys and saw me and pointed with like, oh, look, there's Batance, you know. Oh, his mom called and told on the, on the party and said that we were drinking. What a fucking pussy, blah, 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 blah. And I remember just feeling like very bullied then. He was a big bully. Uh-huh. And I shouldn't relish in this. But, uh, he was, he, first of all, this Fernie was a horrible human being. Okay. Uh, I knew this when I was in school with him, right? He looked like the Mexican version of Spanky, a Mexican version of Spanky from, uh, the Little Rascals, right? Okay. And, uh, I later found out, was, oh, here's another weird thing too. An inordinate amount of number of kids from my class there have died. Not not like all the class, but I would say like five or six, you know? Yeah. For weird reasons. I want Justin Benavides uh died uh he jumped in front of a bullet for his girlfriend. Uh Steven uh Lopez, who was a really nice both of these guys were really nice. Steven Lopez was so nice. Um was so nice, man. I'm just thinking about it right now. He was stabbed and he died uh trying to stop a fight. Oh. Uh, Jaime Galvan, who was just like a weak person, that he he's a he's a major figure. Adam and I, when we were at that old school in fifth and sixth grade, we started a detective agency, and, he, and for some reason Jaime was always the one committing all the crimes. Wait, what were the who hired you? People hired us, Lori. We were detectives. People wait in like fifth grade. People hired you to yep. be detectives. Yep. And and what was what were the crimes that that people that Jaime mm-hmm. committed? Very good question. Uh, one of them, and Jaime was the culprit. Sister Stella, who was like the very old librarian, right? Uh huh. Hired us to uh, a, a a book had gone missing from the library, and she wanted us to find the book and get it. Okay. Uh, Jaime was the person who had the book. How did back. you find out that it was Jaime? Did That's you a very good question. Walk up, to him, walk up to him and say, did you take it? No. Um, he said yes. Uh, the, the book was checked out by J.G. 6th grade. Okay. And you're saying that an adult couldn't have figured that out? Larry, I'm just telling you that Sister Stella hired me and Adam to solve this crime, and then we would write up a whole report and hand it back to the client. Of what to, to Sister Stella. To Sister Stella, we gave her. She was very so, old. Yeah. Instead of instead of looking at the the little card that comes with the book to sure. show what who's checked it out. Yeah. She decided to hire two fifth graders. Yeah. And then read their entire report mm-hmm. based off what yeah. happened. We got her the book back. I mean, sure, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. You, you know, you can't deny the results. Yeah. So, and then a girl, Paula, hired us to find out she had passed a note from. Well, she, you know, she was passing a note in class, and the note she was on one side of the class. The note was meant for someone else on the other side of the class, and the note never got there. Okay. So she wanted us to find out uh, what happened to the note. And how did you figure out that it was it was Jaime? That part I don't remember, but I do know we did dig through all the trash and put and piece together all the torn notes that were passed in class. 
and and we found that Paula's note. I don't remember how he figured out it was Jaime. And when would you do this? During class. During class, you would go mm-hmm. through all the notes. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. In sixth grade, we had a horrible teacher, Mrs. De La Torre. She was super, super, super fat. Like, super fat. Couldn't walk. I don't think I've ever heard her. I don't think I ever saw her stand up. She would just sit in the corner at, behind a desk and teach from the desk. Cut to, I'm saying that as I sit in my recliner of death where I do everything. As, as I just did that in my class today. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, but the, the, this was a weird, it was actually a very, it was actually a very cool classroom now that I think about it. I think it had once been a science lab and there were old science experiments still in the cases in there, but it was now just a sixth grade classroom and it was in the corner of the school. And because it was in a corner or whatnot, it was also very dark. And, but also like essentially because it was in the corner, it was a weird shape. So essentially there was what, what we would call like a foyer. First of all, they should have never put the fat teacher who doesn't get it from her desk in this room because her desk was essentially in a different room almost. It was the same room, but it was a separate area from the from the desks. So she's essentially shouting across a giant room to us who were sitting all on our desks. They, it sounds it, like my idol. I'm just gonna say. Yeah. Um other classrooms, the teachers sat in front of the kids like a traditional classroom. They should have gotten like a young teacher and put her in the well, no, that was the sixth grade classroom. Um, anyway, so, um, anyway, so she, you could get away with murder in that class because she was literally sitting 30 feet away from the nearest kid. Jeez. Yeah. So like that was weird was she would talk and you would face straight ahead at a chalkboard, but she would have a kid get up and do the chalkboard writing and she would tell them what to write on the chalkboard. Oh my God. This woman. Yeah. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you how lazy she was. She let Adam Della Pena and me have an entire class. You know, like how you can, in grade school, yeah. You have like, even though it's the same teacher, uh, they just teach, like, now it's time for math. Now it's time yeah. for English or spelling or whatever, right? The period um, from. It might even be two periods, actually, now that I think about it. The the time after lunch to the end of school, it's like an hour and a half, two hours. Adam De La Pena and I got to do whatever we wanted with the class. Wait, every class period? Yeah, every day. Oh, my God. And we would do, like, so we filmed <laughs> um, a detective movie. You feel, okay, do you have the detective movie still? I don't know. Oh my god, I would love to watch that. Because the reason, the, her logic for it, probably what she, she said for the bosses, is we were putting together a time machine. and Not a time machine, I'm sorry, a time capsule. So we were going to put this movie in the time capsule and then dig it out 20 years later. And then, so that way aliens or people from the future could be like, wow, this teacher was lazy. Yeah. What's funny was there was another fat kid in the class named Andrew Lawn, and I would swear. So, so the way the movie started was Andrew Lawn was the 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 victim, the dead body, right? Uh huh. And we discovered the dead body. We opened up the closet where you put your backpacks, and then his dead body would fall out of the the um yeah. closet. We were so amused by fat Andrew Lawn falling out of the closet. I think we had him film it about twenty times. 
just him falling out of the closet. I will say that there mm-hmm. was this guy, Matt, who I took a Groundlings class with. Yeah. And he was so good at falling. Yeah. And he would fall face forward yeah. and would not break his fall. That's what Andrew Lawn did. That's what Andrew so, Lawn did. Yeah. And it, it is like, it, it it's such a weird thing, but it was so funny to watch. Yeah. And I honestly, I mean, he was a very funny guy, so I'm yeah. not trying to, but I think that that, that part of him just fa- not breaking his fall is a big reason why he got in the ground on the yeah. Sunday company. Because it's just so funny to see a, like a, a chunky, like a large man mm-hmm. fall, like, head face first on the floor and not once break their fall. Yeah. I just thought that was, yeah. So, uh, I, I was going to, cause I, I, at first I was going to kind of defend the teacher mm-hmm. because I'm actually learning in school right now that it is actually a good thing to have students sometimes take over, like teach a subject Yeah, or, or, mm-hmm. um, uh, help student, like tutor a student or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought that was just like sheer laziness on the part of teachers. But mm-hmm. they say that it's actually a good thing for the students mm-hmm. to have like peer review or peer, peers teach them. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, maybe that was what, but a whole, every single class. Yeah, I know. Every day. The same people, me and Adam De La Pena. Anyway, um, but anyway, that's a good hint right there of me, of me and Adam De La Pena having Andrew Lawn fall on his face. Fun his face every day, uh, of me, the, you know, the early signs of me being a bully, you know, but not well, maybe, I wouldn't not, say not, that was bullyish. I wouldn't call you a, a bully. I mean, that's he, true. We, he, he did it willingly, did it. We all thought it was funny. Yeah, we all thought it was funny. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So we go to that school culture shock, right? And then Adam and I become super popular at this new school, right? Okay. At the at the Catholic school. at the Catholic school in Brea, we become super okay. popular, super 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 popular. Okay. But then I went to high school, okay, and I went to the all boys high school, Servite High School, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And here's the funny thing: it's outside of Servite. There is this, and it's such a dumb. I used to have to do. I used to actually do a stand up bit about this. There's always this dumb thing like, um, "Oh, did you go to Servite because you were gay?" And I went, that's right. I was uh, 13 years old. And I sat my parents down and I said, listen, I know you want to send me to the local public school for free, but I want you to pay tuition because I need more dick. I I need to have men in my life. Yeah, I need nothing but men. I don't want any women near me. So anyway, but there was always thing, oh, Servite's gay because it's all guys, which is dumb because it was actually the opposite because there was just this unbridled uh, testosterone. It was actually almost like Lord of the Flies, like super ultra masculine. Yeah. And I went from being very popular to um, being very not popular, but I wouldn't necessarily say bullied as much as invisible. But why don't we revisit this, Lori? Because right now the time... The part of the show where we do our headlines. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, actually, let me get the headlines music. Where is it? One. All right. Firefighters battle blaze from 22-ton pile of chicken poop. Woman opens plane's emergency door for some fresh air. (laughs) Teenage girl allegedly cries blood and doctors have no idea why. 
Taco Bell is now selling Jalapeno Noir custom wine. Parents accused of child abuse over water skiing six-month-old son. Woman desperate to find her barbecue lost in the storm. Heavily tattooed school teacher risks losing his job because of his appearance. Toxic wife bakes birthday cake for husband's female friend after reading his messages. Deputy searching for a man who stole cat blood from clinic. Squirrel and a woodpecker square off over some nuts. <laughs> Woman cleans boyfriend's pillow after learning he hasn't washed it in 10 years. The strange story of Mexico's presidential plane lottery. Married man fakes COVID-19 to elope with his lover. Aggressive swan schools woman on wearing masks. Dog trapped in sinkhole saved thanks to beef jerky. Uh, sorry. Meanwhile in Florida, homophobic man shoots doctor for making him orgasm during prostate exam. <laughs> Michigan driver arrested after pulling Dukes of Hazard stunt over Detroit Bridge. Strange alien-like creatures discovered by scientists during Antarctica expedition. Toothbrush removed from man's stomach after he swallowed it while brushing. Constant N-line horns driving North Metro woman crazy. Snake lands on Mississippi woman as she opens her front door. I was... I was dating an older man, then one day his fiance came home. Football team lose 37 to 0 after socially distancing from opponents. <laughs> what? Strong man carries a piano up a mountain. Donkey sculpture on front lawn burned in main town. Fact check. Same-sex couple did not celebrate world's first anal birth after successful rectal ovary transplant. <laughs> Security guard filmed trying to strangle a colleague at train station. Giant rat found in drain under Mexico City. Quebec town called asbestos searches for a new name. Fleet of aliens seen over Connecticut. Woman with Britain's biggest boobs says 32 NN cups are so big she can't drive. Park Falls Police investigate strange behavior around children. Crayon written message in a bottle fished out of Canadian Lake. The girls go crazy over him. Meet Janisbik Tesserik, Mongolia's most eligible eagle hunter. In Germany, a victim refuses to testify after the defendant proposes. Crazy, isn't it? Australia's post-parcel drop explanation sparks debate. Japanese military given instructions on UFOs. What the strange case of horse mutilations in France reveals about our state of mind. Man told snakeskin isn't a legitimate face covering, especially when still attached to the snake. Turkey rescued after breaking into Laudon County home. 
Florida condo for sale has Budweiser cans covering walls and ceilings. All right, this is my last one. Okay. Uh, is it though? Let me double check. Yeah, it is. Police seized three hundred forty-five thousand used condoms that were cleaned and sold as new. And then finally, a teacher was fired for in-class castration. All right, Laura, that's going to do it for the to the headlines for today. Oh my god! Yeah, a lot of a lot of headlines there. All right, I'm deleting all of them now. Okay, so. go ahead, delete Purge. them. Purge them from my records. The purge. So, Lori, so continue. Do you have more to say about your history of bullying before I get to my... Um, no, I I mean, that's pretty much it. The only other time I yeah. ever felt like I, I experienced, not bullying, but just like, I think that, I think it was like a form of bullying, which is like ridicule, was I was in junior college. Uh-huh. And there was a girl who had just graduated from high school, and her and like two of her friends, who were two of her dumb friends were... Going to high school, going to junior college with her, and she was like such a bitch. Oh, really? And it was like, yeah, it was so weird. And she like, like this one woman, I forgot what happened. It was an English class, and this mm-hmm. one woman, God love her. I mean, you know, she, she was struggling, mm-hmm. and she was struggling. She had just apparently gotten sober from drug addiction, mm-hmm. and she mentioned that like every five seconds. So yeah. if you were like, oh, what did you think of, uh, you know, Catcher in the Rye? Well, mm-hmm. it reminds me of my drug addiction. Yeah. What did you think of uh, Shakespeare? Well, it's, uh, you know, I really hit home with my drug addiction. Yeah. So, uh, and so she would just be like, um, enough with your freaking drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear it. And then, so, I mean, I just was literally like, just shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. So, <gasps> Oh, my goodness. That was, like, the one time that I ever, like, I feel like I was, like, close to getting in a fight, but then mm-hmm. the girl was just like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. As teenage girls do. <sighs> oh, my God. Um, But what were the cases you said where you felt you maybe were the bully? I'm very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that. No. And, um, <laughs> and uh, my dad, my family's very sarcastic. Uh-huh. So when I was when I I was super sarcastic in high school because that's just sort of how I was, you know, how I sort of was raised. And so we were playing volleyball, and this girl like totally screwed up the 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 volleyball the the game. Like she like hit the ball and it like hit her in the face and Mm -hmm. you know it was just really bad and i was just like i just was like wow you're you're even worse at volleyball than i am which is i mean i thought it was a funny statement because i was terrible at volleyball and uh this other girl came up to me and said oh i didn't really i didn't like how you spoke to my friend that way Mm -hmm. i thought it was really rude and i was like what way like i legit was like i'm not following what you're saying mm-hmm. and she was like you said that thing about her being rude you know her being as bad at volleyball and so mm-hmm. i was so then i like walked up to her and i was like oh i i'm sorry if i offended you i thought it was funny because i suck at volleyball and mm-hmm. you you were bad at it <laughs> that did not help so um you know so so when i got to this high school you just gave me an idea, but then I just realized while you were telling that story, I was thinking about other things, and I was thinking that would be mm-hmm. a, a good podcast idea. Would be us going to find people that we offended and apologizing to them, but then I realized that would then sully the apology if we're only doing it for a show. 
Yeah. Also, I mean, I feel like people I've offended, I'm sort of okay with, like, not apologizing. <laughs> There's people in my life that I'm like, that are offended by what I, what I've done to them. And now I'm like, eh, well, get over it. So. Well, okay. So when I got to high school, I, uh, a lot of the kids I went to high grade school with, the, the boys, didn't go to survive. Only a f- handful of us did. And what was weird was, you know, the guy that was my, I wouldn't say my best friend. Adam Delapeno was my best friend in grade school, but like a good, close friend of mine, you know, he went to survive. He joined the football team. So he had become friends with all those people in the summer. Yeah. And he sort of just like ditched me. He became like a jock who just had wanted nothing to do with me, you know? Oh. And the problem is, and this is actually where I, this is actually one of my like weirdly proud moments. There was a guy that I went to school with. I don't want to say his first and last name, but his name was first name was Brent, right? Uh-huh. And Brent is the person you talk about that gets bullied, okay? He was very awkward looking, okay? He was very not very tall, but he was a tall, very skinny kid with like super red hair. Uh-huh. And freckles and super nerdy with like glasses and stuff like that, right? And was, like, way too into bicycling. Would, like, show up in, like, you know, bicycle gear and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. There was a guy that I used to work with at 24-Hour Fitness who was like that. Where, like, he was always walking on his bicycle shoes because he was, like, he either had come, just come from bicycling or he was, like, about to bicycle. And it was always mm-hmm. like, all right, dude, we get it. You like to bicycle. You like yeah. bicycling. There was a uniform at Servite. So he would bicycle to, in his full gear to Servite. And then change into his uniform, you know? But he was just, like, so obviously the object of ridicule. Yeah. And from, I'm talking, like, uh, just a spoiler alert, he didn't last at Servite for more than a month. Okay? He did not last at Servite for more than a month. And he was so picked on from day one, right? And here's the thing is I'm actually a very loyal person. Okay. And he wasn't a super good friend of mine at grade school. I mean, I talked to him. We were all friends. Like you were saying, when you go to a small school, everyone's friends, especially grade school, you know? Yeah. And I wouldn't, I didn't really hang out with him, but like I knew him and I, I was fine with him. And so I saw how he was getting picked on. And so, and then I wasn't in a, I didn't have a ton of friends. I didn't have any friends. And so I sat with him. At lunch, and he would just, no one ever did it to me, but he would get pelt, like literally, they would throw food at him. They were Jeez. awful to him, right? And he didn't last very long at the school. He left, you know, because it was so awful. Yeah. And he went to a new school, and I think he did fine, you know. And just FYI, like I know from social media and stuff like that, he's married with kids, he's doing fine, great life, very successful. He's fine. Well, good for him. Yeah. Oh, I never finished the Fernie Olivo story. Oh, yeah, because you said that you found out something about yeah. him. Yeah. Um, came out of the closet and killed himself? Aww. Same thing with Jaime. Jaime killed himself, too. Jaime killed himself? Yeah, Jaime killed himself, like, in high school. Oh, that's sad. His suicide note, probably, like, those those detectives were always on my case. I mean, I hate to say it, but this is another crime that he definitely did. You know, <laughs> <laughs> definitely did it. Yeah, Adam Del Payne, I wrote a report. Case closed. 
See, this is the asshole in me. Yeah. But if I was you, I would have I would have sent his mom a, a full full written out report saying he he definitely killed himself. Yeah. <laughs> We've concluded. <laughs> I wonder if Bernie Olivos. I I have a I, I have to double check that because I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe I confused him with Jaime Galvan because but I know Bernie Olivos is gay for sure. Um, but I maybe I made up the part where he killed himself. I'm gonna look it up, or maybe someone can do the research. Anyway, um, so at Servite, so then, because the reason I remember that right now is once Brent left the school, I literally had no one to yeah. be friends with. And it shows you how gangs work. Um, because for a few weeks, because this is the first month of school, you know, Brent may not even last two weeks. I'm guessing how long he lasted, right? So I'm brand new at this school. And um, he must have lasted only two weeks. That makes sense because very soon I did find a sort – I sort of found my sort of tribe in that I was in like honors classes. And so I became friends with the honors class nerds. And we just all just stuck together and no one really did anything to us, right? Yeah. But um, but before that, there was a couple of weeks. I would say maybe two weeks to a month where I was um, – hanging out with like the super Mexican kids because they obviously took me in because I was Mexican. So uh, I would just eat lunch with them, but I had nothing to talk to them about. They were really nice to me, but they were just talking about being Mexican. And I was like, I don't have any relation to this. Right. Uh, and then also within the first month or two, I also joined the theater program. So I started to become friends with those people too. Um, and then, you know, so, so, but anyway, the point I was making is that, uh, so then what happened was, Sophomore year, I don't know what was going on at the school sophomore year. I think I've told the story other places. So I told you, I became friends with the nerdy kids, and one of them was a black kid. I became really tight with a black kid named Zaire. Yeah. And a, a, a Filipino kid named Jerome. I don't know why I had that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course I you did. That. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got so, that information. So Zaire, Jerome, and I were really tight. Okay? Well, that's good. Yeah, but... We would eat lunch and stuff like that, mind our own business. But like, do you guys still talk or? I think Zaire and I are friends on uh, Facebook. I should reach out to him. But anyway, we were having lunch one day, and this is this is a moment that literally shaped the rest of my life. It really did. Okay. We were having lunch, mind our own business, far away from the quad. Actually, there's like they had like lunch tables scattered around the the campus that you could also eat there, not just the quad. And we were at a table that was far away from the quad. We didn't want to be with those guys, right? Mm-hmm. And the a group of guys. What's funny? It was a group of white guys, but there was the the kid I'm going to talk about right now was Mexican. Walked up to me, and what's funny is the Mexican the Mexican guy I'm going to tell you about was in that group of Mexicans that were, took me in. He was at, he and I were kind of friendly with each other. Okay, but he walked right up to Zaire. Didn't address me at all. Took a banana, and sh- for no reason, Zaire bothered no one. He was just like the only black kid at the school. Walked up to him, shoved a banana in his face, and said, "Eat this, you monkey." And then Zaire got up, and I got in a fight with him. And um, Zaire and bo- this is the part I understand about schools. I feel like schools are the same way now, still, where like. They both got suspended? Yeah. Well, because 
like technically you're supposed any if you if you are violent in any way you're supposed to get suspended. But don't you think it's that's also- I mean like the kid shoved the fucking banana in his face and said eat this you monkey. No, I get I mean don't get me wrong, I get it. But that's that I mean that's what happens when you have a zero tolerance policy mm-hmm. is that there is zero tolerance for any I mean like <laughs> I don't know if this is this is a this is a uh, one of those like old wives tales I think, but I remember my aunt telling me a story when because she was the superintendent in Stockton mm-hmm. of a student who there was a guy who brought a gun on campus and a student another student who brought a gun on campus and the student punched that kid in the face essentially mm-hmm. you know stopping him from shooting up the school and mm-hmm. he got suspended. That's too. crazy. Yeah. So I mean, it's like it's one of those things where it's. Yeah, that's a bureaucracy. You that's know. so dumb. Anyway, so uh, Zaire left a school that – I think this happened toward the end of the year. But he left a school after that year. And then from then on, my friends and I – from then on – actually from that day, from that day, I would eat lunch in the library with my friends. I didn't go yeah. down to the quad. I never went well, – I, I, I just hid. I guarantee you probably what happened was is that kid who did that was mm-hmm. told by other kids either like, you know, it'd be funny mm-hmm. or, or you know what you should do is you should do this, you know? Yeah. And he did that. Cause I had, I had that happen to me. Luckily I didn't do it. And mm-hmm. I will say this. It wasn't because I didn't, I thought it was wrong, which mm-hmm. is now I believe it's wrong. But at the mm-hmm. time I was like, I just didn't want to, I just was shy. And I, one time I had a group of kids tell me that I should shout the N word <gasps> when, when I, when the, when attendance is given. So it'd be like, uh, basically the way it would be is like, you'd be like, uh, Lori Roggenkamp. And I'd be like, here, N word, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that would be what I would say. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then it got to me and I didn't do it. But well, I got so nervous that when I, did end up when they called my name, I went like really loudly. I went like, yeah! like screamed it. <laughs> uh-huh. And cause I was so nervous, but, and then they were like, Oh, you really missed your moment. And I, and I felt like I was like, Oh yeah, I did. And it wasn't until like, you know, years later that I was yeah. like, no, I'm glad I didn't do it. That would have yeah. been awful. Yeah. And, and so I think that, you know, it's one of those things where you just realize at the time that it's, it's a, it's peer pressure. It's just, you know, it's mostly just kids wanting to fit in. Yeah. And they think, oh, the way that the, the way that I can fit in is by making is 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 by either making myself look dumb or by making other people look dumb. So. Maybe, but what's funny is the biggest he was sort of like the most evil person of the group of the of those kids. Because he was the most evil because he was the mastermind but he never got his hands dirty. Well, this gay this guy named I don't mind saying his name, James Silberstein. Right, this, he was a gay. Or did no, John Paul. John Paul wishes. Oh, I said by accident. John Paul wishes he was gay. John Paul had the biggest crush on him. I don't know why, but James Silberstein uh, was like the mastermind of this whole crew, and they were awful, awful people. And then he went on later to teach at Servite. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, what was I going to tell you? Uh, I remember there was a kid, and I wish I knew this. Remember this kid's name, and mm-hmm. I wish that I could find this kid. But there was a kid that uh, was like a grade below me, or maybe even three, because it was a junior high high school. So you were mm-hmm. around junior high kids too. Yeah. So I could have been. He could have been junior high, and I could have been in high school. But 
maybe I don't know. Maybe he was only a great because we went to this dance. All went to this dance together, so mm-hmm. he must not have been that that much below me. Mm-hmm. But we were like, he just was like, we had to wear a uniform, but he just was like very. I will say this: he was very gay for for that time, mm-hmm. even as even as a kid. He was one of those people who was like, you know, he was a ten mile away kind of gay, where you could yeah. see him coming ten miles away. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that to me was the biggest time that I ever felt like I was a bully because I was just like, you need to act more manly, mm-hmm. like you need to act better. And I and like I fully aware I'm fully aware of the irony of like me trying to demonstrate how to mm-hmm. act manly to yeah. me a lesbian demonstrating how to act manly to a, a gay man, yeah, a gay kid. And we went, we got permission from his mom mm-hmm. to take him to the mall to get, buy clothes mm-hmm. for a dance. Cause he said he didn't have clothes for this mm-hmm. dance. So we bought him a button down, nice button down shirt and a nice polo shirt. You know, you're in trouble when you go to Lori Ogden camp to have help someone with fashion advice. Yeah. It was me and this other girl. I forgot, I forgot her name too, to yeah. be honest with you. Vera Wang. But, uh, yeah, Vera, me and Vera Wang. She hand crocheted, she handmade yeah. it, the, the button down shirt. Yeah. Um, but so we, sh- then we tell him you can pick one or the other and that either one will be nice to wear to the dance. Mm-hmm. This guy comes wearing both wearing a polo shirt underneath his button down shirt, mm-hmm. both of the, and I, and I, I was so upset. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so upset because I was like, you didn't listen to a thing. And he just, I remember he turned to me and he goes, this is just who I am. I just wanted to wear both. God bless and, him. Yeah, and now now I'm just like that kid had more moxie and more confidence than I I will ever have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I I feel bad now because I feel like maybe I was a part of him feeling bad about himself. Well, Lord, I want to pick this up next time because to, to, so to put a button on what we just talked about, all right? Yeah, and then I think we're going to revisit this another time. Is I hid in the library for the most part. I just remained invisible after that. I remained invisible, but, but the way I got my vengeance was I drew comic strips, uh, that showed horrible things that happened to all the bullies and okay. I'd pass around my friends and I would write song parodies of musicals, uh, making fun of the bullies. And I'm going to tell you something, uh, and we'll save this for next time about a week ago. Right? I found them. What? Where, yep, I have them in my possession, Lori. They're right in my bedroom in a box. I have oh. the comic strips and all the poems and song parodies I wrote. Jean Paul's asked about them. But we're going to have to cover that next week, Lori, or some other time on Genius Parade. Lori told a story about a chola that. She made cry. Lori heard a story from Joe who told about how his classmates died. We were telling stories about bullies, but I don't know what rhymes with bullies. I guess you could say... Lori tried to dress someone who was gay. That's right, Lori. You tried to dress someone who was gay. And that didn't work out for you. Let's hit it again. I can't even dress myself. Lori told a story 
about her brother who made it into a good school and he dragged her along. Lori. Oh, then she shouted the N word because she thought it was cool. I did not say the N word. Good news for everybody. Yeah. She still thinks it's cool. That's right. Lori uses the N-word the way I use the word the. It's every other word out of her mouth. It's not at all. (laughs) Don't. That is a lie. There's nothing that Aunt Lori won't call the N-word. Almost makes it not racist because everything's the N-word to Lori. That's right, Lori. She loves the N-word. She says it any chance she gets Lori she loves the n-word but she hasn't been punched in the face yet Lori loves the n-word 